Welcome to season three of the Student Leadership Podcast. We believe you were created to make a difference. So we want to equip you to lead your generation in whatever setting you find yourself in. So whether it's your high school, middle school, college campus, or anywhere in between, we want to help you point others to Jesus. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Overtime episode. I'm here joined by the OT crew. We got Caleb Leak, hey. Caleb Holt, Colin Robinson. Let's go. It's your boy, The Jor. And we're here to break down Ryan Kick's awesome message about resilient leadership. Caleb, what are you going to tell someone if they've just stumbled into the Overtime episode and haven't listened to it? I'm going to say, you better listen to this thing because it's about to be real good. <laughs> this thing because it's about to oh, be good? Oh, oh, you're saying <laughs> yeah. oh, the other episode. Yeah, I was Ryan like, Kick. You want me to pitch Overtime as we're Overtime was like, no, yeah, yeah, I can do yeah. that. Uh, no, I would say go listen to Ryan Kick. He was really dang intelligent. He has a lot to share. Yeah. Um, I loved everything he said. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really excited to talk about it. Okay, cool. So he he talked about resilient leadership, that students are called to live boldly set apart lives. Uh, set apart from the world, but yet still being in the world. And he talked about the ways we do that is through identity, community, spiritual practices, all great stuff. So again, yeah, go back and listen. Now, I think one of the things that I knew when I was hearing him talk that I wanted to break down with you three um, was this idea of in order for you to be countercultural and live like a resilient leadership type of life, there is a lot of fear that I naturally had when I was in college or middle school or high school uh, about being looked at differently or being judged. I guess I'll ask you guys this question. How did you overcome or how do you overcome that fear of being judged or looked at differently uh, in regards to living boldly for your faith? Oh man. Okay. So I was homeschooled. So I feel like I had a very, very different experience with this. And I remember like, do you think that made it easier or harder? I can't tell. Oh, uh, I, it was different. Okay. It was different. I think in my faith, like it was a very different experience with it because whenever, uh, so I, I did like a co-op thing where we would like meet and it was for the most part, like it was a smaller group of like other like Christian families. And I remember like in youth group, everybody would talk about this and they'd be like, I'm just like afraid of like my love, like sharing my faith with other non-Christians. And my issue was like, there's other people that are making fun of me because I raise my hands in church and they don't. Uh, and it was a very different, like, okay, so I'm trying to figure out how do I still have my faith around other Christians in this uh, kind of toxic environment and still learn how to like love them, even though like, so we so kind of what, believe different things. What did you do to overcome that fear then? So the big thing was I was very, um, I, I tried to be respectful. So that was like the first thing that I did, but I also tried to be very clear and vocal. So a lot of it was, I want to understand what I believe. And there were a lot of conversations where I had like friends that would be like, why the heck do you do it like this? Uh, and like, why do you do that in church? Like, that's not like, it doesn't say to do that in the Bible. And I'm like, mm, okay. Like, so what I would do with a lot of that is try not to debate them and try to argue them and like, try to be like, let me prove to you why I'm right. Hmm. Like, let me just have a relationship with you and let me okay. be respectful with you. And what it actually yielded was a lot of really good friendships and a lot of good dialogues where a lot of the people that, I was like still believe like some different things with it's really cool how we were able to learn from one another. That's so good. Now, Caleb, you had a very different experience than that. Yeah. So I, I, I went to uh, you know, public school 
Um, ever since I was homeschooled until third grade, so I was. Let's go. I get it. Let's go. Grade. I get it. In third grade, you're not really experienced. Like you know, you're not experiencing any of that. But once you hit middle school and high school, especially, oh yeah, um, there starts to be a lot of pressure, and you start to realize you, as a Christian, and your friends who aren't Christians who don't go to church, believe in different things, value different things, you have different standards, um, and so. Man, I was somebody who, and I think I still am this way, is like, I really like, I don't think anyone doesn't like this, but I like when people like me. Yeah, of course. And I like yeah, to fit in, and I think everyone, it feels good to fit in and be like, oh, I belong somewhere. Um, and at school, I just had a lot of anxiety because I felt like I didn't fit in with the rest of my uh, school friends because I was a Christian. The things I would believe in, the things I believed in and would stand for, um, maybe were mocked or looked at yeah. as weird or looked at like, wow, that's extreme. I remember people would ask me like, <laughs> You go to church twice a week? Like that's so much. Wait, Caleb, you were you were telling us you had a nickname. Oh, I did have a nickname. So I, I'm also a pastor's kid, um, and my my friends learned about that. Yes. And actually, even my teachers started no, to call me I Rabbi. Love yes. I, I had a history teacher who's actually we're calling you that now. from now on, Rabbi Caleb. The yeah. Rabbi is Rabbi. They were okay. like, "Hello, Rabbi, how's it going?" No. So anytime I would bring up anything, was that about scary it. for you? Definitely. Yeah. It also I just imagine. made me feel a little ostracized sometimes. Like, Definitely. Oh, I am work. different. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and they see me as different. So not only is that anxiety coming from that, but then also like my youth group is saying, Hey, stand up for what, what you, what you believe in and also bring other students yeah. to youth group. And I'm like, I'm just scared to even talk about how I'm a Christian. Cause I know I'm going to be, you know, labeled or talked about whatever, whatever it is. So overcoming that fear for me, um, honestly, I don't think I did this well until I hit senior year. And that's when I had an actual mentor for the first time in my life okay, nice. speak to me and speak to the fears um, that weren't really true. And the things that I believe that maybe people were thinking about me that were probably just in my head anyway. So it's okay. getting a mentor and getting a, like a spiritual father, I guess you could say, to give me perspective that I couldn't see helped so we'll, much. We'll get more practical too as the podcast goes on, but yeah. I, I do want to give Caleb, I want to give you a chance to kind of talk to, I don't know, your, your interaction with being judged, looked at differently, whatever. Yeah. So I was... Um youth pastor's kid at my youth group and I was a teacher's kid at my Christian high school. Yeah. And everybody knew that, um, uh, yeah, everybody knew all that. Right. And it was a Christian school, whatever. Um, so my history teacher would make fun of me and a couple of other of the kids from school who went to my youth group. What's with these history teachers? And she, Yo, it's, she, a, it's a type. Most of the people in this school were like pretty Baptists, maybe Calvinists, maybe Presbyterian. You were the token Pentecostal, um, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> and there were like three or four of us Pentecostals, right? Uh -oh. And so my history teacher would say, "Ah, uh, yeah, we got we got the whoopies over here <laughs> he the, in this corner." So he would call us whoopies because our church believed in you know speaking in tongues yeah. and all that. Do you sort do of like stuff. a fire tunnel to start um, off class? And I, you know, I did not really have any sort of knowledge to be able to like refute what he was saying. Yeah. You're just so like, I kind of just okay. had to let it like bounce off. Right. Um, and then in regards to like friendships and stuff like that, um, I just, I was just miserable in high school until about halfway through my senior year. And so I really didn't care what anybody else thought of me because I disliked almost everybody in yeah. my school, right? So it was probably into the last couple months of senior year that I was like, all right, this kid's actually 
pretty cool. And so I invited him to church and stuff like that. But I, I really had a late start yeah. in trying to like reach my friends for Christ and stuff like okay, that. Okay. So this will transition nicely into my, my next question, which is, I think I want to build out what this looks like practically by all of us kind of interacting with briefly what we felt like we struggled with to be resilient in regards to the culture. Um, because I think it, it's helpful to hear other people talk, talk about this and what areas of culture they felt like you felt like it was hard for you to be resilient in. So I, I can kind of start because mine was very obvious. I wanted to be the most popular and I worked very hard, but popularity didn't feel like it was something I could attain. It was like a, a mattress that was always deflating, right? It's like, ah, uh, if I go long enough, it's, it's going to be gone. So I have to constantly do cool things, uh, funny things, disrespect the teacher, play pranks, you know, talk to cute girls, whatever it was to maintain that coolness. And so that was really hard for me when then my youth pastor would be like, stand up against the culture. And I'm like, bro, I am at an eight out of 10 cool. So I'm already low and I gotta, I gotta re ante up. So well, there's, yeah, there's pressures from the world to do yes. Cause you're going to get rewarded yes. by the world for doing things. So, so for me, yeah. my, I completely agree. So my problem with the culture is I was a slave to it and I was so, I wanted to be so cool. Coolness was my God. I, I wanted to serve that. So it's impossible to be obsessed with the world and, and want to be cool and also say, oh, I'm going to stand up against culture. No, I, I bow my knee to culture at that point. And I had to learn how to fight against it. But what about you guys? What was an area of culture? Uh, you could be more specific than me, but what's an area of culture that you found like it was hard for you to serve God in fully? And what did the Lord teach you through that journey? Yeah, I think I can go here first. So this was something that I definitely struggled with, but I think specifically even more so now when I've talked to students nowadays, I think they're struggling even worse. So when it comes to dating culture, being yeah. single, living in purity, there's a lot of pressure. Yep. Um, so like for me, I remember getting a lot of pressure. I'm like, dude, you haven't even had your first kiss. And you're I didn't have my first kiss until I was 22. Yo, so I didn't wow. have it in high school. Um, and so there was a lot of pressure of like, wow, dude, come on. You just got to get a kiss. Come on, bro. Like just yeah. get with the girl and make this happen. <laughs> and it was like, I felt a lot of pressure from that. Um, and, and, and when I've talked to students, there's students who are like, man, I, I've been dating somebody for a while and I don't want to like, break up with them before I've kissed them. Like mm. I want to kiss them first. That way I get that like badge of honor on me. <laughs> it's and it's like, wow. like that's like a real pressure. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's I think simple. Then you get into farther <laughs> questions, like farther conversations of, you know, students being challenged of like, wow, you haven't even like, you haven't made out with this person or you haven't slept with this person yet. Oh, like there's for a sure. lot of pressure in this area. Even think about school dances right now, just the pressure, oh depending on your school and the school culture. I mean, the, the pressure to participate, to grind, to go to certain events. What are you doing before? What are you doing after um, the things that are passed around. You know, I DJ on the side and have seen some high schools that are like, oh, this is fun. And some high schools that I literally like feel like crying because it's like, yo, I'm never DJing here again. And there's a ton of cultural pressure to participate and everyone's doing it. Yeah. And it's hard to, when you have everyone all of your friends you like, that you respect, you think are cool, and yeah. they're really all, your only friends at school are all saying one thing. Yeah. It's really hard to stand yeah. up against that and fight that. Such a good example. Okay. Uh, Colin, Caleb, any thoughts from you personally? Yeah. And what the Lord taught you through that too? Oof. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of what I felt in high school was a lot of just like this like imposter syndrome of like I had a lot of compromise that I allowed into my life of 
um, specifically having like a lot of like pornography and a lot of other like issues like that. And it made it really challenging because then we'd like hear these like messages of like, you need to be somebody that can like reach other people. And I was like, I, I don't even feel like I can like do well on my own. And like, how am I supposed to be somebody for somebody else? Whenever I feel like I'm sucking at following God right now Yeah. of like, how can I actually be a light when I don't feel like I am? And I think it's challenging whenever we have compromises or we have areas of our life that we're able to look at things that like are, that, that can be destructive in our lives. And we're trying to think like, how can I lead other people while I still have all of this here? And I know this is like, I, I'm not, I, I know this is like a challenge because I know like it, you might be a student leader listening to this and be like, man, like if my youth pastor found out about this, like yeah. it'd be really hard because they might not let me like be in this spot anymore. Might not sure. let me lead. But I think the challenge of what I didn't do in high school was I didn't take a step back from things to actually be able to confront real issues that were going on yeah. and kept trying to say like, I'm going to stay like serving on the worship team, stay trying to do like all these things so that I can keep up this image yeah. rather than actually do like the most mature thing, which would have been, it, it probably wasn't even like, Oh, I'm not going to like serve anymore, but like confronting this and being like yeah. honest and open and saying like, here are my struggles rather than trying to present an image of myself that wasn't true. Okay. So, so let's, rather than focusing on the problem, let's focus on then some of the ways that we, we got around this. So like, what's yeah. the solution? So what were some sacrifices? Because I think, I think all of us are talking about like, uh, I feel stuck. What are some sacrifices that you had to make in order to protect yourself from living for the culture as opposed to living opposed to it? What are some things you had to do? Let's get real practical here. I can tell you things that I'm doing now. Okay, so great. I think, like, this is not an issue that's just like, man, when you're in high school, you're really going to struggle with That's this. great for students is, to hear. This is something that it's, I think it's a lifelong Come on. willing to deny yourself and deny what you want and what culture says you should want to choose what God has. Let's so, go, bro. Oh, man. So something that's been a big journey for me is uh, social media is something that I think that's great. consistently, consistently. Even now? Uh, even now. So like, Dang. okay, I, I've heard students talk about this too, where it's like, I want to be on social media because all my friends make their plans on there. I want to keep up. I want to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, while also bringing in, I mean, there's so many things like what Ryan was talking about, of like anxiety being up because yep. because of social media and uh, the, the issue of comparison and what that does to us. Heard We're that. constantly looking heard at what that. other people have. Um, so, I, oh man, yeah, I, I think I'm getting unfocused here, but what, I, what I'm really trying to get at is I think – when it comes to social media, when it comes to allowing that in your life, it comes with a cost. And so sacrificing social media is something that I did because I said, it's just not worth it for me. Hmm. Um, and, and to live separate from the culture, to avoid temptations that I can fall into or to avoid what everyone else is doing just because yep. everyone's doing it, um, whether that's falling into consumerism or falling yep. into other stuff, social media just wasn't worth it for me. I appreciate that. Um, and I that. know that's an intense opinion. That's great. I tend to I tend to side on the the side of wisdom rather than just what can I get away with. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think one of the the best practical tips that I can give is going into a situation in advance with your decision already being made. That's so good. And that's really good. Saying to yourself, yeah, if I get asked this, I'm going to say no. If this situation Huge. comes up, I'm going to not be a part. Right. Um, and there, you know it. It's not always stuff that is sinful, right? Or 
maybe it's not even damaging to you, but it's just not the best decision. Maybe yeah. it's just not the, the wisest decision. Um, it's like one is one example is like um, one side of my family um, at like holidays and stuff, they'll have some wine, right? And nobody drinks too much. Nobody gets drunk or anything like that. Um, and so that's, it's not a sin, right? But I have to say to myself in advance, yeah, I know this isn't wrong, right? But I'm going to say no to this. Hmm, I'm going to say, good. no, I'm, I'm not going to partake, not because they're doing anything wrong, not because it's a sin, but I just want to be so far away yeah. from anything Wisdom. that could potentially compromise the decisions I make or the My way God. that I'm thinking I love that. that I don't even want to be a part of it, right? Yeah. So I'm saying no to things that aren't even wrong. Because I want to say yes to the things that are the absolute best for me. Caleb, I'm going to come back and ask you a question about that line of like, how do we know some of those things? But Colin, I want to give you a chance to answer yeah, the question yeah, first. Yeah. Too. I had to sacrifice my image. And I think it was a really hard point of getting to a place where I realized I can't control my image. Because for a long time, I tried to make it of like, I don't want anybody to think that I am the youth student or that I am the person that could have made these types of mistakes. Mm. And so it was a really hard spot whenever I, I remember sitting down with like one of my youth pastors being like, here's what's going on in my life. Yeah. And I've had that happen, not just like multiple points, but like, or not just like one time, but like I've had to do this multiple times where you will have to be transparent about who you are Yeah. in order to actually be you. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to be living a fake version of yourself for who? Yeah. For others, I guess, but yeah. then you're just caught performing, right? The Enneagram three in me is tearing up. It's like, let's go. That's my we, got, life. we got three threes in here, maybe. Oh, yeah, Jeez. let's go. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to get immensely practical. So I just consistently bowed to the world and I thought the world was cooler than God, but I thought God was right. So it's like, ah, I guess like, like God's like the boy scout, you know, it's like, ah, he's like, He's like a good guy, but he's kind of boring. And then I got my heathen friends and they're more fun and they're way, they tell way better jokes. But I think I had to, I think I had to decide, no, I keep getting upset and sad and frustrated and bound when I follow what the world has. So here was the beachhead that I first decided to attack this. It was media and not just social media, specifically music. We love rap music here, okay? Your boy, I loved rap. I knew every word. Dude, the 2000s rap was, that was me, it's man. my wife too, dude. Me She's my, all over that. Yeah, so, so I literally had to give that crap up because when I was listening to certain music, uh, man, some of you, will not understand this, but some of you will certain messages and just worldviews get in your mind. I think rap music is the modern day, like a philosophers because they're not just explaining like what they did, but how they think of things, how they think of money and value and success and women and et cetera. And so for me, I was literally pumping my mind filled with that going to school and then being like, help me to live different than the culture. And it just was not working. So I literally did a hardcore music fast for one year. Um, it was pretty intense. Uh, but it changed. Was that no music or was that no? For me, it was no. It? I guess I would say no secular music, but okay. then I started to amend that in the back half, but it was no rap the whole time okay. for an entire year. And I, I still can't sing those rap verses because I, I was like, oh, <laughs> that was my year. Yeah. That was my year I did I did without. And so for me, I had to change my entertainment. Do you, yeah. to, do you want to say something? Yeah, I just had a thought of just like, I think, I think in all of this, it really is just like you're measuring the cost of what is this going to cost you? Yeah. Um, and- you have to ask yourself, 
is this worth it? Yeah, so and it, is, it is, was for me. I promise. I, yeah. I should. I, I'm like making it sound sad. Oh, and it I was the say, healthiest thing for me. Yeah, on the other end too, of like, is it worth listening to rap music if it's going to cause me to be this kind of person? Yes. Obviously, that sounds so stereotypical, like '90s Christian. Yeah. Listen, are all rap music. We're not saying that about all rap music. No. But is your music, you know, is it worth it? Is being on social media worth it? Is going to that party worth it? Is being with that girlfriend or boyfriend worth it? And are you willing to sacrifice well, that? Well, I remember one of my buddies gave a testimony in youth group of someone they brought that was not serving Jesus to church. And then the kid gave a follow-up testimony. He's like, I saw this guy living every day. Blah, blah. There was nothing that could replace the sorrow I was feeling in that moment of just like kind of regret watching one of my friends follow like the way of Jesus and then someone giving their life to Jesus. And I'm like, this rap music is not worth it. And it's literally undercutting what God wants to do in my life. I remember watching that and being like, dude, that could be me, but I'm just like, I don't know, I'm just bebopping around on my way to school. It just felt so not worth it. So do you like bebopping? I did like that. It amused <laughs> yeah. me. Don't be bebopping. <laughs> not the bebop. Okay, Caleb, I want to come to you. Um, we're talking about like living for, you know, not for culture. We're obviously a part of the culture, but not for culture. Where the heck is the line? Like, do we have to cut out all social media? Do we have to cut out all rap music? Like, do we have to have our identity? Like, nothing other than, you know, what? I don't know. You were just kind of talking about that. What are some good tips you'd give someone on finding that line for them? Yeah. So first things first is that Jesus says and calls us to live beyond reproach. Sure. And that's a, a really hey, about difficult about standard, swing. right? And so the line is very, very, very far erring on the side of not doing anything that's going to compromise me. Yeah. That's where the line should be in an ideal world, I I think, right? Yeah. I don't live up to that yeah. all the time. I don't do a great job of that, if that's what I'm saying, right? Um, but there is um, there's something where like you have to kind of say no to the things that may feel good or look good or that you want right now because you see, all right, well, this is a life that I want to have in the future. This is what I feel like God is calling me towards. And if I take part in some of these activities right now, that is potentially going to compromise and limit the ways that God can use me Huge. right now and then use me in the future as well. Uh, so that's that's the first thing is, is just living beyond reproach. The second thing I would say is all of us have different levels of conviction from the Holy Spirit, hmm. right? So there's some people that like they feel so convicted that they're not going to play any games with cards. Yeah, and as silly as that sounds to some of us, we're like, yeah, what? What do you mean? It's just a number on a piece of paper. What's <laughs> yeah. wrong with that? For some people, that that's a conviction. Yeah. For some people, binging a Netflix show, right? They're like, oh, I just I just sinned. Yeah. Because I spent. I just spent four hours watching this show, right? So for some people, it's that. For other people, it's like, yeah, I'm not going to drink any alcohol at all. Um, for some people, it's, yeah, I'm never going to uh, ride in a car alone with someone of the opposite sex, even yeah. if we're just friends, Yeah. right? Yeah. And like, there's no feelings there at all. There's no romantic anything, chemistry, whatever. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to do that just because That's I want to be so far away from potentially doing anything wrong that I'm going to 
uh, make decisions that might be a little awkward in the moment and that people might not understand and that people might make fun of me for because I know that this is the way I want to live my life and this is the direction I'm heading. Well, that's that's biblical too because we see Paul even kind of talking about meat that was sacrificed to idols at one point. And basically he's saying, some of you feel really bad because that meat was sacrificed to a false god. Some of you are like, that god's not real. Yeah. So who cares? Let's eat the meat. And I think he was giving some leeway in those things that are in the gray zone, right? Not, not clear sins. Clear sins are still clear sins, y'all. You can't gray them up. But I, I love that, that. That's biblical. Colin, what were you going to yeah, say? No, there's this really powerful powerful image of this, uh, John 17, 11, um, Jesus is talking about this of like, you're going to be living in the world, but you're not of the world. Yeah. And the idea is it's a boat in the water. You are technically in like on in the like, water, you were in the water, but, but like, you're not. yeah, but there's like a protection of that point of like, you are in a place where there's people around you that are actually going to be drowning and you can pull them up into a safe place. I love that. You're not out there swimming in it. Yeah. You might get some of that stuff. You might get some water on you at times, but you can dry off. You can pull other people in there, but you are not in a place where you're like, I can drown. I can get hurt from this. Yeah. There's safety in that relationship being in that place. Yeah. I mean, also if the water starts getting into the boat, that's a problem. Oh, right? It's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. is that's a great that's a great point. Awesome. Hey, great thoughts. Students, we are praying for you. We love you and we believe in you. And listen, we we say this all the time that you're called to lead your generation. We think this is what this means. That you're called to lead your generation in the world that you're in, in the culture that you're in, but rising above it. So we're asking, we're praying, we're begging you to do this with passion for Christ and love for others. And we'll catch you on the next one.